At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Femi Abebefe. I am Tim Murray. Femi sitting in for Sean King the next couple of nights. we got the Hall of Fame game going on right now. The Raiders leading 20-3. Could we get the under, Femi, despite it being 20 to nothing at the half? All we care about is the Jaguars winning the second yes. half. And uh, right now they lead that second half. Get us three, a touchdown here, three Jags. to nothing. Yes, that would be a nice. Or just run the clock out. Whatever. Uh, yeah, that works. Whatever. Delay. Call that, it. That all works. But uh, we are going to continue our summer conditioning. We have been breaking down the AFC East, and we wrap up the AFC East with the team that dominated the division for decades, and now they have handed off the reins, at least for now, to the Buffalo Bills and a gentleman who covers the. Uh, New England Patriots for WEEI up there in Boston is Kyrie Thompson at KD Thompson five on Twitter. And I know the first question people are going to ask is, is almost always about the quarterback and I'll get there Kyrie, but who's calling the place? (laughs) Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And I got to say betting on the hall of fame game. Now that right, that is dedication to the craft. Right <laughs> we Damn are, right it is. we <laughs> are, we are Kyrie betting network. So uh, you know, sometimes we got games going on. We got to keep ourselves entertained on a Thursday night in August. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to, got to hold your nose and do it. So look, <laughs> here's what I would say. Uh, what they are showing us right now is that Matt Patricia is the guy who is the clubhouse leader to be the offensive coordinator. There's a lot of talk about, well, Joe Judge is the quarterback's coach. It makes the most sense. He's with Mac Jones all the time. And under most arrangements, right, the guy who's you know, the quarterback coach who spends most time you know, with the signal caller is the guy who calls the plays. But Matt Patricia has been the one who, despite being called the offensive line coach and senior football advisor and whatever weirdo titles Bill Belichick has bestowed upon his coaches, Patricia has been the one with the radio calling the plays in, into Mac Jones's ear. Mac Jones goes to him after a lot of plays. So he will occasionally go to Bill Belichick. And there was something on Peter King's podcast the other day, kind of suggesting from, from Mac Jones's perspective where Mac Jones told Peter King, Hey, you know, Bill Belichick is a defensive minded coaches. 
really great and he helps us get, you know, into the right play and all that. And it's like, wait a minute, you mean Bill Belichick might be involved in this play calling? <laughs> so the, the correct answer at this point is that we don't know, but what they are showing us overwhelmingly suggests that Matt Patricia is the front runner for it slash he will have a big role in calling the offensive plays. Well, Kyrie, whether it's Matt Patricia or Joe Judge or Bill Belichick or Steve Belichick, whoever ends up calling the plays, what should we expect from Mac Jones in year two? And what should we expect from this offense that at times last year felt like it was a little bit more closer to the vest? And you know what? I, I think that what they've done so far in, in spring practices and training camps, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of focus on, on the run and the run game in particular. And kind of shifting it into a little bit more of a, almost like a Sean McVay kind of deal where they got rid of the fullback and actually uh, your guy, Josh McDaniels out there after coming from New England, sniped New England's fullback and he's going to be using Jakob Johnson down that way. But the Patriots basically said that we're not going with a fullback. We're going to change our identity a little bit. I do expect them to run the ball, but it looks like they're going to try and do it a little bit differently, a little bit more outside zone and, and inside zone versus you know, a lot of the more downhill, right? Just, just pound it down your throat kind of stuff. So they've been practicing that a lot. Honestly, it has not been going well. Um, and, and I think that that has kind of trickled into the passing game a little bit where I feel like Mac Jones and the offense has had a little bit of, of trouble getting on track with the receivers haven't quite been able to get open. I think they're just having some trouble figuring out how these new route combinations and things like that are working. And Mac Jones at times is, is uh, in the middle of a play being like, yo, what are y'all doing? Like, why, why are you not looking for the football right now? Why can't I find anybody open? So there's a lot of trepidation about how things look. But I will say, I'll say this, Mac Jones himself generally looks fine. He's, he's gotten a little bit more... Uh, you know, beef on, on his arm, a little bit, a couple more miles per hour on the fastball. And, uh, you know, the deep ball isn't looking like it's, you know, touching, it's pulling down rain every time he throws it up. It's just <laughs> like a, a couple of deep balls you throw in last year, just like they were never going to come down and, you know, they'd get picked off or knocked down. So I think that the arm has gotten a little bit stronger. The question is just going to be, look, when this offense fully takes shape, are they going to be able to gel with it? Is the play calling going to be that big of a deal? Truthfully, I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be more about the talent and the execution. And from Mac Jones's perspective, I expect him to continue playing as solidly as he did last year and take a little bit of a leap forward, if we're going to be honest. We're talking to Kyrie Thompson, who covers the Patriots for WEEI there in Boston. Uh, a lot of heads were uh, turned when the Patriots came on the clock in the first round and went with Cole Strange uh, in that first round. And then Sean McVay, you know, made the joke that, you know, they were looking at him in the fourth round. But a name that people, I think, early on, Kyrie, have been talking quite a bit about there at Patriots camp is uh, Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver out of Oregon. So, you know, it, you never want to fall in love uh, with a wide receiver too early or a skill position guy in the preseason. Uh, you know, look at Romeo Dubs in Green Bay. People are, are losing their minds over that. But but oh, what yeah. have been the early returns on on Thornton there at the wide receiver position? At, 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 at let's be honest, a position that, you know, uh, they could use someone to step up and, uh, and have a little jolt to that uh, wide receiver spot. 
They absolutely can. And, and I like Tyquan Thornton. I like what he's done so far. I still think that my overall projection on him is that he will be, uh, you know, a, a bit more of a, a stash him till next year sort of thing. I mean, he's going to play. I mean, he's a second-round pick. He's going to play. He's going to make the team. And I think he will have a little bit of a role. I just don't think that it's going to be maybe your traditional second-round pick where he's coming in and getting a ton of snaps and you're going to rack up like you know, 600, 700 yards receiving. I don't necessarily see that because the Patriots have a pretty deep wide receiver room, all things considered, even if they don't have that elite talent that everybody really hopes that they would have. But all in all, I would say this, he catches everything. I have not seen a single ball hit the ground when it's headed in his direction. Even if he lands out of bounds, he's still catching the thing. And the speed is there. I mean, it, it, is, it is everything that's advertised. And honestly, I don't even think that he's fully taken the throttle off. And, and I think that they're kind of working on some more finesse-type things, work him in the short game and uh, you know, try and get him open on some crossers or some short things and see how he operates in, in those facets of the game. But all in all, I think for somebody that got a lot of flack for coming into the league, well, he's too small, he's only a speed guy, he, you know, he's only a burner, he's not going to hold up. I think all in all, I mean, he's, he's been exceeding some expectations in that regard. He's tougher, I think, than people realize. And, I mean, once again, that speed is rare. And I think when you have rare traits like that, sometimes they can overcome some of the things that you don't have. In his case, the kind of elite size and strength. So I, I don't know that I'm going to project big things for Tyquan Thornton in terms of yardage and touchdowns, but I do think that when he gets on the field, he's going to make an impact for that Patriots offense. Teams are going to be watching him. You can see it already in camp. He gets on the field, he runs deep. You got two guys following him because they don't want to get beat deep because he's got speed for real. Kyrie, I want to take a look at this defense, specifically the secondary out there in New England. The safeties, Duggar and McCourty, they've been there and they've been reliable. But the corners, I think, are going to be interesting with J.C. Jackson now in Los Angeles. They picked up Malcolm Butler in sort of a reunion after Butler sat out all of last season. Do you think in 2022 that Malcolm Butler can be an adequate replacement for what they lost in free agency with J.C. Jackson? You know, that's an interesting question. And, and I think the early returns on Butler have been a little... Uh, spotty. Uh, I think that he looked a little bit slower than people wanted to see at the beginning of camp. And he started, I think, come along a little bit more. Um, but I think that one thing that we've seen a little bit is that some of these rookie quarterbacks like Marcus Jones in particular, the third round pick from this past year, are starting to come on a little bit. I think Marcus Jones, uh, though you know, Jonathan Jones is now back, he's their normal slot guy. I think Marcus Jones is, is still going to find his way onto the football field and Jalen Mills and Terrence Mitchell currently look like the guys who are going to get the first crack at starting on the outside with maybe depending on, on how he does for the rest of camp, you might see some sprinkles of Jack Joe fourth round pick by the Patriots this year sprinkled in there on the outside as well. He was one of the stars of spring camp. He's really a, he's a, he's a ball hawking kind of player He's got a little bit of growing to do just in terms of pure size, but he's always around the football and he's very aggressive whenever the ball's in his vicinity. So I don't think it's a given that Malcolm Butler is necessarily going to be a starter on this team this year. And I mean, in a more extreme case, I don't think it's a full guarantee that he's going to make the squad. His experience, I think will, I think his experience will probably carry him through and he will make the team, but his role is going to be hard to figure. 
I think that when, when you look at his past, what he has done for this team and, and what his potential is, yeah, you would think that he, he should have a, have a chance to start. But right now, I don't think it's quite been there for Butler. We'll have to see if that picks up. We're talking to Kyrie Thompson, covers the, uh, Boston, uh, the Boston, the New England Patriots there mm-hmm. uh, for WEI. Hey, final 20 seconds. The yeah, they used to be the Boston Patriots. I'm not that far off. <laughs> uh, but Kyrie, over-unders, eight and a half wins. What's your season win total projection? I had them just over at nine and eight. And I think uh, the, the Deshaun Watson Cleveland situation was a swing game for me. The minimum suspension that they, that they recommended was six games, which would have him out yep. uh, for the Patriots contest. So I had them at nine wins. I don't know that that's going to be enough to make the playoffs. But I think that all in all, this team, if they could win seven games with Cam Newton, yeah. they can win nine games with Matt Jones <laughs> and a Ky- more good to not great life. We got to run. There's Kyrie Thompson covers the Patriots for WEEI. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. On to learn more. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share at $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings. Dot com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Femi Abebefe, I am Tim Murray. Uh, thanks to Kyrie Thompson from WEEI for giving us his analysis and thoughts on the New England Patriots as we uh, do some summer conditioning on the Pats. Before we continue that, though, let's update the folks as I drop my pen in anger uh, with what's going on here, Femi. Yeah. It, 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 was, Canton. It, it was a pen toss situation. The mm. Jaguars near midfield had fourth and one. They decided to go for it, which is the right thing. It's preseason. Let's see what the short yardage offense can do. They fumbled the snap. Yeah. And lost like 10 yards. They did not get the fourth down. Raiders go ahead and drive on the short field, score a touchdown. So we had a little bit of a swing there to where now we are out of the cover zone. Yeah. 27 to three right now is the score. And not great. Uh, the big sweat. 
um, in addition to me and Femi needing a touchdown here from the Jaguars, which they have not done uh, all day, is the total. The total closed at most spots at 30 and a half. And right now you're sitting at 30. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are, they make that catch? They did not. Slaughter's just inaccurate. Yeah, so we're uh, we're not feeling super good here. Did they go for it, or did they probably just put the punt? Come on, go for it, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson wants to go home. They're gonna punt this thing away. Yeah. Twenty-seven to three. Um, we will keep an eye on the total. Once again, closing at thirty and a half. Uh, here at Circa, actually closed thirty-one, and the Raiders closed as a two and a half point favorite, pretty much consensusly uh, across the board. Uh, I do have Raiders money line, but went for the middle. Uh, with the Jaguars' second half at minus a half. I'm sorry. Part of me feels a little responsible for that. I ah. asked you before the show, then we bring it up again once in the first segment. Um, and maybe it was just because I was starving for some action nah. that I wanted you to join me. But uh, big boy, I got big boy pants, you know. I'm actually, unlike Sean, I'm wearing pants, you know. Um, Shots so, fired. Well, I mean, <laughs> he likes to wear shorts. You know, we got this desk here, and uh, sometimes he likes to wear uh, rocks this the, the shorts to work, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing pants. There we go. We can prove it. Uh, Twenty-seven <laughs> to three right now. So we'll keep our eye on uh, on that total. If you played the under, a total that dropped from thirty-three and a half to thirty and a half. Uh, some thirty-ones out there. All right. The New England Patriots, Femi. Mm-hmm. Ten wins last year. Made the playoffs. Mac Jones entering year two. Uh, you certainly look at last year was uh, was certainly was a bit vanilla uh, when you looked at the offensive, uh, the way their you know their game plan. He he had some games, uh, had some big games. Felt like he maybe lost a little steam down the stretch. Uh, completed sixty seven percent of his passes, twenty two touchdowns, thirteen picks, thirty eight hundred yards last year uh, for Mac Jones. You know this Patriots team. Uh, clearly, the Bills, you know, are the betting favorites to win that division, and rightfully so. I, I know the old adage, and rightfully, you know, is hard to bet against uh, Bill Belichick. They've got a really good defense, mm-hmm. and I just there's not a lot with this Pats team right now that's that's getting me fired up uh, when it comes to you know thinking about a win total or them making the playoffs. So, where, what are you? What's your assessment on this Patriots team? You know, I think that they're still an above-average team mm-hmm. is where I would fair. place them. And the only problem and why there might be a little bit of regression for this team is just because the strength of the conference improved throughout free agency. Yet a number of teams get better, make some moves there, whether it be to get big-time defenders or big-time wide receivers or just getting better as their young teams ascending, like in the Cincinnati Bengals case. So I think just the rest of the conference getting better is why you're seeing the market just a little bit cool on New England because – what New England has done outside of losing J.C. Jackson, I don't think they've really done a ton to get worse. And Mac Jones entering year two, you would expect to should see that it. he would take another yep. step there, which if Mac Jones takes a step, that should also allow the team to take a step. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask Kyrie about, hey, are they going to open this offense up a little bit more? Do they have the weapons to even do that if they wanted to? Devontae Parker, a guy they traded to, uh, traded for from the Miami Dolphins, I think maybe if he can stay healthy, he can help out a little bit. But the run game we know will be there. If they can at least capitalize on some big plays, a little bit more explosive down the field, I still trust what they have on defense with Bill Belichick pulling the strings on that side of the football to where 
I'm not necessarily trying to put this team out of the playoffs just yet. There's a chance to where they can still make the postseason, even though they are plus 160, I believe it is, to get back to the playoffs. So week one, they open up at Miami, and it's at the Steelers, home to the Ravens, at the Packers. So a challenging start to the season. It's a little tricky, yeah. Uh, You're a dog at the Dolphins. You're a slight favorite right now uh, on the road at the Steelers. Uh, Then, you know, week three, you're... What are you? You're probably a dog against the Ravens. Yeah, I'd say uh, probably a, three. a dog of less than the field. I goal. mean, everything is pretty tight. And then you get to the Packers game, there'll be a, a little bit of a bigger dog. Yeah. Lions at home at the Browns, as mentioned. Uh, you know, no Deshaun Watson in that one. You are, a, I believe, a slight dog in that one. Some look ahead lines. Then schedule softens a little bit. Week seven and eight, mm-hmm. Bears and Jets. And then you get the Colts before your bye, before playing the Jets uh, again. You know, the interesting thing, and I, let me just say this right now as go big boy go get on your right, horse go. Down, like to the, down to the 40 yard line um no I, flags either I, i'm looking at the board right now and i think femi you and i uh you like to dabble in uh the old six point teaser uh mm-hmm. from time to time oh yeah new england is going to be a very popular teaser team catching two and a half one of the lowest totals on the board in week one on the road at miami you could bump that up to eight and a half so uh, I know we're doing a season preview, but I'm just looking at week one, and I'm staring at this board, and I'm like, huh. It's turned into a week one early look. You know? I can get uh, I could get Minnesota at home up to eight against Green Bay, and I can get uh, I can get New England on the road at Miami up to eight and a half. So, you know, a couple, uh, couple early teasers maybe to, to keep an eye on. I'm sure a lot of people will tease down Indianapolis down to two. Maybe yeah. that'll be the one that people will like. I mean, I'll take it a step further. I've already bet Patriots plus three. Yeah, in this game, yeah, just because. See, look it, at you, the sharp, <laughs> the sharp here, moving, moving the market, moving the line, moving the market, which well, is all two and a half, pretty consensus. Well, to me, it's and I, I don't know what this Miami thing is going to end up being here, and we'll get to the season long perspective on yeah. New England in just a bit here. But I don't know what Miami is going to be with a first time head coach, Mike McDaniel. So you're giving me the greatest head coach in the history of catching the sport, points. catching points against a rookie who looks like a millennial. Like to me, it's I got I had to grab the points in a division game there. Belichick very familiar with what the Dolphins are doing. Now we don't know what this iteration of the Dolphins will do with Tyreek Hill now in this offense. And Tua, we heard the camp reports are that he's a little bit better. The arm strength should be a little bit stronger. But I still like New England catching three in a game that has a low total like you outlined. This to me feels like almost similar to last year's week one game up in Foxborough where mm-hmm. it was, I believe, the Patriots laying three, maybe some places even touched three and lost a half. Lost by one, right? But they lost by one yeah. to the Miami Dolphins. It feels like a 20-17 to 17 kind of a game, so I just figured that the three points was probably really valuable. Yeah, no, I, I hard to disagree, and especially now that that number is, uh, in that two is, is gone. And that uh, doesn't mean that it'll stop me from teasing it either. I mean, we might play this thing every which way. <laughs> nothing like, nothing like it. Well, I mean, we're we're about a month away, so you know, you got to get those teasers yeah. ready. I mean, look, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna channel this. Let's do this in the nine o'clock hour. <laughs> what will be the most popular teaser of week one? Let's have oh, a little fun. Boy. Let's take a look at the board. What will be the most popular teaser mm-hmm. uh, in week one? All right, we'll do. What would you do? And what will be the most, most popular? popular? We'll do okay. that. Uh, in the 9 o'clock hour to get the juices going. But back to the Patriots. Win total set at 8.5 to make the playoffs at DraftKings, plus 160. To miss the playoffs, got to lay $2. No thanks. Uh, AFC East, 5-1. to one. AFC, 22-1. to one. Super Bowl, 50-1, to one, Femi. So we got the board up there. Yeah. 
If uh, if I made you make a play, now this is stage of elimination, so this mm. is a little bit of a different one. Um, win total eight and a half, make the playoffs plus one sixty, miss the playoffs at minus two dollars. I really have a hard time envisioning them winning the division, uh, even though it's at five to one, and certainly that's that's intriguing. Um, last year, I took Patriots to make the playoffs at plus money. The division, the conference, as you outlined, has certainly gotten much stronger. Um, I think right now, what, if anything, I would probably play to make the playoffs at plus money. That would be maybe the way I would roll here uh, in this situation. But uh, at this point in time, nothing really jumping out at me with the Patriots. Especially with the Cleveland situation being what it is, I think make the playoffs at plus 160 is definitely a way to play on the Patriots and also play against the Miami Dolphins if you don't think that thing's going to come together. But to win the division, to just grab that number from a numbers perspective, I don't think is the worst thing that you can do because Buffalo's start to the season is not easy. So there's a chance that Buffalo, like what we saw with Kansas City yep. last year, gets off to a slow start. Yeah, and maybe you get you know Buffalo in at a better, exactly. a better number. Come on, Jaguars. Inside the God, 25. It, Punch man. it we in, baby. It. Let's get a touchdown. P.I. Oh! <laughs> Vsin.com today. This is the nightcap on Vsin, the sports betting network. As we went to break, Femi Abebefe, my co-host tonight, sitting in for Sean King, asked, pleaded. Give me a pass interference. Needed it. And we got it. Pass interference, first and goal from the five, couple really ugly plays. <laughs> and then who who's the quarterback? Kyle Slaughter. Pride of Northern Colorado. Just lofted a lollipop out of the backfield to hold on. Everybody Cottrell? Nathan Cottrell. Nathan Cottrell. And just dropped it right in the bread basket for a touchdown. And it was close. Oh man, I thought I thought it was picked. We're threading needles there. Slaughter. Oh boy. Oh, let's oh, n- no, let's not no, let's no, not no, let no. him break off a run. Oh my gosh. All right. So what yeah. we know right yeah, now. Here, here we go. Here, what here. we know right now, now. It begins. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it is 27-11. What we can confirm, the over has hit. The over has, yes. has hit in this game. So anyone who played the over. You've got yourself a winner. Uh, anyone who played the Raiders, you're you're good. Uh, it's twenty-seven to eleven. I yeah. can't imagine two touchdowns and two two-point conversions are coming here. No, have you seen Slaughter play quarterback? Uh, <laughs> I did. I was very uh, very proud of that touchdown out of the out of the backfield to uh, Nathan Cottrell, pride of Georgia Tech. I think he's like a fullback. So right now the Raiders are trying to run the clock out. The problem being is is that still Zamir White out there? I'm not sure who's out there toting the rock here for the Raiders. But he's got some, they got some juice. Yeah, he's all, <laughs> they got some juice. Austin man. Walter is out there trying to break one, man. He's trying to be a hero. And, and this is the thing when you're betting preseason that you always have to, and you can't blame the players because they're trying to get jobs. Hell they're, trying no. to, they're trying to put tape out there to get their next Score job. Score a even touchdown, if it's not on this man. Team. So it's, it's kind of some of the reasons why you see some people bet first half. It's a little bit more of a controlled setting because once you get to the second half, guys are fighting literally for their livelihood. No, they don't. Yeah, they, they don't care about your bets. So we've got to the two-minute warning. It's twenty-seven to eleven. Yeah. 
Uh, Femi and I, if you're just joining us, as the show basically started, uh, Jacksonville was laying a half point in the second half down 20 to nothing. And both Femi and I, more so a nudge from Femi, but, you know, I'm a big boy. <laughs> I, I did it myself. I wanted, to, I wanted to go for the middle on the first NFL game of the year uh, as I took the Raiders on the money line uh, last night. And right now, where we sit, two-minute warning, we can potentially bring this bad boy home. 27-11, to 11, Raiders leading the Jaguars. Now, will McDaniels use this as an opportunity to almost work on the two-minute offense? This is an extra God, rep. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not either. But you sometimes wonder. He might say, oh, I want to see the quarterback in this two-minute situation. Let's get some extra reps here because this is a chance for us to do this against another opponent. Chase Garbers is in right now for the uh, for the Raiders. Thankfully, they got two tight ends out there. So. Yeah, I think they're just going to be handing this ball off. But once again, man. It's got juice, man. Our guy Austin Walters trying to make something happen here. I think they're going to run this puppy down. Uh, I think we're... Uh, no timeouts from Doug. We're feeling all right here for, uh, for the Raiders and Jaguars game to come to a close here, 27 to 11. Well, speaking of Josh McDaniels, yes. uh, he was the offensive coordinator last year for the New England Patriots. He is now back as a head coach for the first time in over a decade, head coach of the Raiders. You know, I that's why I had to lead off, uh, you know, with Kyrie Thompson. Mm-hmm. Who's calling the place? And, you know, certainly that has been uh, something that, there we go, a big sack yeah, from buddy. Morgan. Is it Dan Morgan? If it is, that's impressive. Yeah. Dan Morgan's still out there <laughs> like getting God, sacks. Gotta be what, forty something? <laughs> <laughs> um but how does how much does that concern you that you could be looking at Matt Patricia calling offensive plays? I, I just I still can't get that through my, my head that that is the leader in the clubhouse at this point in time. It is very concerning to me because Matt Patricia, like Kyrie said, is also the offensive line coach. Usually the offensive line coach is not calling plays because they don't have time to talk to the quarterback in between series. They don't have time to be worrying about all those plays because they're focused on the five guys that they're talking to every time that they come off of the field. So I don't know how the logistics would work if it is Matt Patricia. Now, I spoke with Michael Lombardi on our podcast at GM Shuffle. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts Dang. for that. Yeah, ding right there. Uh, and Michael, he doesn't believe that this means that Patricia is calling the plays because what a lot of people are seeing out there on the practice field is that Patricia has the walkie-talkie and he's relaying the plays out to the quarterback, Mac Jones. But a lot of these practices, are all, they're all scripted, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it is, anybody could call and read off of the sheet and tell you what's going on. Now, one would think that they would try to practice the mechanics of the whole operation with whoever is going to be that play caller. But maybe they haven't decided on that, and maybe this is going to be something that they decide on later on into the season, which is another issue, in my opinion, of not knowing who that play caller might be. But I don't know if it necessarily is Matt Patricia who's going to ultimately call the plays. And Kyrie also mentioned it as well. He'd say that Patricia is the leader in the clubhouse, but nothing is really finalized because, once again, we are dealing with Bill Belichick, and he's not going to really give you any sort of clues here knowing how he operates. Go ahead and uh, shake hands here. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Let's go. First football winner of the season. Good start to the season. A nice little middle. Yeah. As the Las Vegas Raiders defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-11. The Hall of Fame game in the books. The Raiders cover. The Jags cover the second half number. Winner, winner. The over hits 
in the game. 38 total points. Overhits. Raiders cover. Jags cover the second half. 27 to 11, the final score. Raiders on their way yeah. to a Super Bowl and a Lombardi trophy. And as Aaron Oster lets us know, yes. second half over as well. So overs, 1-0 so far to start the preseason. And the money came in on the under yep. all throughout the week there. This opened 33 and a half, closes 30 and a half, expecting that this is going to be a sloppy, grinded out game. And it kind of was, but early <laughs> on. Wasn't pretty. <laughs> early on, though, we got some big plays, especially that first drive, the way that the Raiders were able to move the ball down the field and get that field goal. So maybe that was an early indicator of what was to come. You know, and I'll say this. I will keep an eye on the Raiders, you know, and maybe talk to Adam Hill and, and others who cover this team. And, and I always, you know, and Adam Burke yesterday mentioned this. You know, keep an eye on what the beat reporters are saying, what these coaches are saying. And we talked about Matt Eberflus of the uh, of the Bears, Bears yesterday saying how they're looking at really being aggressive in the preseason and you know, they're going to play a lot of their guys. You know, I think the Raiders' backup quarterback situation intrigues me with the Jarrett Stidham-Nick Mullins dynamic. We know that Derek Carr is the starting quarterback, but it really feels like, at least based off of tonight, Femi, that Stidham and Mullins are fighting for that backup spot. They're going to be trying to put on a show, yeah. and I, I think Josh McDaniels wants to see it. You know, Josh McDaniels clearly has the connection with Jared Stidham uh, from his time there in New England, uh, but Nick Mullins certainly has, you know, um, uh, he, he's played in the he's NFL. Played in, he started yeah, games in the in NFL. real games. <laughs> so I, I think there's a real competition there, so that would be something to keep an eye on, maybe an angle to look at. But the Raiders win and cover over hits in both first and second half and the Jaguars get it done in the second also, half. Also, do you see how crazy it was that Josh Jacobs was out there not for just one series, but two series? He's their starting running back, yeah. and he got two series and carried the ball five times in the Hall of Fame game. So maybe McDaniels is going to take this thing a little bit more seriously than most coaches take it. He's not coming from the McVay tree of who cares about the preseason, never play our guys, which anybody who's been a McVay disciple, I think you can pretty much peg them for being like that. Brandon Staley, another one. Zach Taylor, another one like that as well. But we see McDaniels comes from the Belichick tree. Mm -hmm. Those guys, they play in the preseason. Now, New England hasn't been a smash spot in the preseason, but maybe the Raiders end up being that for us here this season. Yeah, so uh, Raiders get it done, 27-11. But great effort by the Jaguars, our Hell Jacksonville Jaguars. I might be looking into getting a uh, Kyle Slaughter jersey here. Uh, I don't maybe, know if I'm going to go that far. Maybe I could call up some people <laughs> at uh, at UNC. No, not North Carolina. Uh, the University of Northern Colorado. Shout out to the uh, big sky. All right. Um, let's wrap it up here on, uh, on the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones to win MVP. Mac Jones to win Offensive Player of the Year. Tyquan Thornton, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Marcus Jones, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Bill Belichick, twenty to one. I'll be honest, man. You know we've gone through these and, and looked at different uh, uh, awards that that intrigue me. Nothing intrigues me there. Yeah, I, if I had to play any of them, it'd probably be Mac Jones MVP, just because he's going into that second year and maybe he takes a leap that we do not see coming. But Belichick, his chance to win Coach of the Year, I thought, was last year. And at the de December point, it looked like he was going to win it until yep. that Colts game on that Saturday night. 
But any of these guys, rookie of the year, I mean, we spoke with Kyrie. He said that Tyquan Thornton, he'll have a little part in the offense is what it kind of sounded like reading in the tea leaves of what Kyrie was saying. But it doesn't sound like he's going to be a big part of this offense. Mac Jones never going to win offensive player of the year. Marcus Jones, defensive rookie of the year. No, you can do better things with your money there. So uh, it would be Mac Jones at 60-1, to 1, but right now that's not a play that I'm going to have in my account. Well, speaking of offensive rookie of the year, there's been a lot of movement these past couple of days. Injuries in Dallas and buzz out of Green Bay. We'll take a look at the latest odds on offensive rookie of the year on the other side. That's Femi Abebefe. I'm Tim Murray. Good job, Jaguars. Way to cover that second half. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the nightcap here on BBC. Track which teams are seeing the most tickets written, and if the public action matches the money coming in on those games, you give yourself an edge. Betting splits plus live odds, line moves, power ratings, and game analysis makes VSIN.com the place to visit before you place your next bet. That's VSIN.com. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Keep it rolling here on the Nightcap. First preseason game in the books alongside Femi Abebefe. I am Tim Murray. All hail the Las Vegas Raiders. 27-11 to victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over hits full game, first half, second half. You expected points. Well, you got points for the, the preseason because there are <laughs> low, low totals. And the Raiders, who I felt like were a pretty popular play. Yes. Um, and uh, the public does win on that side. We'll talk to Max Meyer uh, coming up at the uh, top of the hour from Caesars. Well, you know, it's interesting with this game, and we didn't talk about this player either during our uh, live sweating because he wasn't on the field in the second half. And the fact that we didn't talk about him kind of goes along with what's been happening this offseason. But the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, had himself a pretty good night, got a sack mm-hmm. in this Hall of Fame game. I believe he's hovering around 7-1 to one or so to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. But if they hit on this Walker pick, which a lot of people are kind of have questions about just because he didn't have the elite production at Georgia, but maybe he ends up being a better pro than he was a college player. And if that's the case, 
kudos to Trent Baalke in that Jags front office. Yeah, and uh, you look at Defensive Rookie of the Year right now, as you mentioned, uh, Trayvon Walker is the third favorite at DraftKings right now, plus 750, which huh? is pretty surprising considering the position that he plays and the fact that he was the number one overall <laughs> yeah, pick. He's, the one. <laughs> he's an edge rusher, and you know Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are the co-favorites, but uh, also Devin Lloyd did not play. Could be a guy. Uh, I know a lot of people were high on him. Uh, they uh, traded back in to get Devin Lloyd uh, at the back end of the first round, a guy that could you know pick up some volume tackles there for the Jaguars. What are your expectations of, of both of these teams? Do, are, one way or the other, are you high on either one of these teams? The Raiders are going for it, clearly. Uh, yeah. yeah, they bring in Chandler Jones. They bring in Devontae Adams. And they are going for it this year in a division where everybody is going for it, Femi. So are the Raiders a team that... I think there's – the one way I would take a flyer on the Raiders would be to win the division. I don't mm-hmm. think I'd mess with a win total, but I think if I'm going to go for it, I would just take a little bit of a flyer on them to win the division because they've got the talent. Can they put it all together? They were a playoff team last year, yeah. and they got better. And I think a lot of people forget that, that they were a playoff team last year because they lost in that first playoff game uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals on the road. But I, I'm with you. It would be to win the division. Now, I'm not going to play that plus 650 because I think in my own head, I saw 10 to 1 earlier this offseason. <laughs> so I can't get past that. I'm like, damn, I'm late. Like, this is 10 to 1 was there or 8 to 1 plus 750, all these numbers that you could have grabbed earlier in the offseason. Now it's sitting at plus 650. But if you were to play them, I think that's the way to do it because if they're good, and they're on that same level as the three-headed monster that is the perception of that division, then taking the longest price, I think, is the most valuable thing to do with this division. So I'm high on the Raiders as a good team, but everything is also relative to the competition. Are they the fourth-best team in that division at the same time? Yes, I think so as well, because I'm higher on the Chargers, Chiefs, and the Broncos. But I do think this Raiders team, from a week-to-week standpoint, could be a team that you could really bet on and make a little bit of money. And Jacksonville, I think, is the ultimate team that has the high ceiling just because of the coaching change and what they had to endure last year with Urban Meyer. If Trevor Lawrence can make a quantum leap in year two, then this team, I think all possibilities are on the table, especially given that the division is much weaker than what you see in the West. Yeah, right now the Jaguars uh, at DraftKings plus 110 to the over on six and a half. Um, (laughs) Last year, I was sitting, I don't know what it was, the Jaguars on like a Monday nighter uh, in the preseason, Femi. Yep, against the Saints. And I looked at, I watched that game, and I said, "Oh my God, there's this team is not winning seven <laughs> games." I and it, it was just, it was one of those things where it was impulse, but I, I just there was no way in my mind was this team winning seven games. And You're cl- right, and they clearly, you know, they weren't even close. So uh, that was a nice one. Um, you know, Did you the, cast it on Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was <laughs> it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Now you've got a competent head coach. You've yeah. got Trevor Lawrence entering year two. The win total remains the same. They went out and spent money, obviously. ETN didn't play a down last year. He steps in as the main running back. So there, there's certainly a lot of intrigue. You know, What do you think of Houston? Is Houston going to be absolutely terrible? Well, then maybe there's two wins right there. Uh, you know, Can they sneak up and win a game week one against the commanders in a half empty stadium week one where they're, you know, they're four point underdog. I think the commanders are a better football team than they were last year. Or it's a, that's a heavy price, man. Yeah. So you're looking at the Jaguars six and a half. I, I don't know. I think there are better ways to look at win totals, but they are an interesting team and maybe another one of those teams 
you know, we talked about the Jets last night. You know, do do are they a bet on team as the season goes on? You know, are the Jaguars a, a bet on type of team as the season goes on with with a competent head coach, with a quarterback entering year two? It's funny, Femi. I feel like people and maybe I'm over over you know stating this, but I, I feel like people have kind of jumped off the Lawrence bandwagon already. Which, which I, is which is a bit surprising and a bit too soon for me. It's it's way too soon in my opinion, it, and I think it's a mistake. I don't think you can accurately judge what Trevor Lawrence is as a quarterback until this year, and we actually see him getting coached by an NFL head coach. Urban Meyer was not an NFL head coach. No. He was a good football coach. What he did in college is spectacular, but he just was not fit to be an NFL head coach. So I think now is the time that we can actually judge Trevor Lawrence. One of the things that I think is really interesting with this team is their other first-round pick from last year, Travis Etienne. Yeah. Uh, betting across America, we had Mia O'Brien. She does radio down there in Jacksonville over at 1010XL. and she said Shout that, out to our affiliate, 1010XL. Exactly. Shout out to them. Uh, but she said that Etienne has been the most explosive player on the field on both sides of the ball. And that's the another dynamic that we have not seen yep. yet with this Jags team because on that Monday night game against the Saints, that's when he broke his foot and was out for the rest of the year. So if ETN can be what we saw at Clemson mm -hmm. and be that guy with Trevor Lawrence in that backfield and they're able to protect Lawrence and open up some holes and give him some time to where he can hit some of those pass catchers that they signed this uh, offseason, maybe this Jags offense is actually pretty competent, which is the opposite of what we saw a year ago. Yeah, and you bring in a an offensive mind like Doug Peterson. So um, with the first preseason game in the books, still training camps obviously in full effect right now. Buzz is coming out, and, and I want to get your opinion on a couple players. We talked about him yesterday, and the odds have moved even more in their favor to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and that's Jalen Tolbert of the Dallas Cowboys yep. and Romeo Dubs of the Green Bay Packers. DraftKings sitting right here, and as we always say, shop around, please do that. You know, our PSA every single day. Romeo dubs at DraftKings at 35 to 1. BetMGM, he's down to 40 to 1. I saw him yesterday at 50 to 1 at BetMGM. And similar to what you said about uh just a moment ago, uh, about you know the Raiders winning the division at 10 to 1. Romeo dubs was at 100 to 1. We talked about it on this show because we were talking about the wide receiver situation. I said, look, if I'm gonna play a, a rookie wide receiver in Green Bay, I'm just gonna take the one with 100 to 1 odds. And now he's showcasing and, and looking like he's going to be an instant impact guy. You're a Cowboys fan. Yes. The Cowboys wide receiver situation is not great uh, with all the injuries. It with, is not. With Amari Cooper, you know, doing his thing in Cleveland, it looks right now. With Cedric Wilson, you know, leaving for Miami. Jalen Tolbert is continuing to move up this odds board. There is a spot in town where you can find around 25 to 1. Do you think Jalen Tolbert is worth a play, or is it a situation that maybe people are getting a little too cute when it comes to him? I think it might be more toward the latter, getting a little bit too cute, just because, I mean, you look at the pecking order in Dallas for the target shares. It's CeeDee Lamb, number one. Yep. CeeDee Lamb, number two, probably. <laughs> and then Dalton Schultz, three. It's because Dalton Schultz, believe me, he is Dak Prescott, might be his favorite target. He actually tied Amari Cooper in targets last year. CeeDee Lamb led the team in targets because Cooper missed a couple games there due to COVID. So I think there's two guys that are going to see such a heavy target share from Dak Prescott to where Tolbert, while he will have opportunities in terms of snaps, I don't know how many opportunities and how many balls he's actually going to see his way. It'll be a good amount just because of what 
the situation is with James Washington and his injury situation out six to ten weeks. And Michael Gallup, we don't know when he's going to come back, probably not until October at the earliest. I mean, he laughed when reporters asked him if he'd be ready for week one. He said, well, no. <laughs> like that's, that was the situation at Cowboys training camp. So Gallup, you can already cross him off for week one against Tampa Bay. So Tolbert, especially at the price of 25 to 1, which is the biggest thing, in my opinion, of why I think it's getting a little too cute, at 50 to 1, 75 to 1, I can play with you. Sure. 25, I think it's a little too short. There's some better options on the board. Well, uh, as we, we're about to hit a break, but there are some uh, some odds out there for most rookie receiving yards. Traylon Burks is the favorite. Drake London, Chris Olave, Jalen Tolbert now at 7-1. to one. Garrett Man. Wilson plus 750. Sky Moore intrigues me at 10-1, to one, uh, stepping into that Tyree Kill role. He's kind of explosive. He could be a guy. Um, and then Romeo Dubs down there at twenty-five to one for the most rookie receiving yards. Anything jump out at you here? What about George Pickens? I twenty to one, man. Read my mind. <laughs> I mean, the stuff out of—he's talented. Pittsburgh camp—they're talking very highly. Talent's not the issue with Pickens. No, no, it is. No, it, <laughs> it is not. How did the books fare after the Hall of Fame game? What are some of the big bets that have been coming in? We'll go behind the counter next, right here on the Nightcap. Preseason football kicks off this month, and the VSIN team has been prepping all summer for this. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 